Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. It is one of our favorite podcasts to do every year. It's time to mock draft with the NFL draft just days away as we're recording this podcast. And I am pleased to be joined by Jeff Lloyd II from the Lockdown Browns podcast. Jeff, is this year five for us doing this? Is it really? It may just be. Um, wow. Man, this time flies. Does it really fly? It does. It certainly does. And uh, with everything going on with the with COVID nineteen and stuff, it's nice that we are going to. You know, apart from the Michael Jordan, you know, documentary and stuff that's that just got released on Sunday, we have some like big time sports stuff to talk about here with the draft for three days here this Thursday through Saturday, and. Uh, it, it's just going to be wild, it, and it's going to be wild for different reasons. Every team, or like everybody, is drafting from their basements or their dining room tables. Uh, Roger Goodell is going to have fans booing in the background, hopefully, uh, uh, albeit virtually. It's going to be fascinating. I know we talked last week about just how different this is going to be. Anything that's changed in your mind or anything uh, that you want to expand on from last week regarding this unprecedented draft that we're about to partake in? I think it's just going to be, you know, the time and, you know, and you're looking now, you get a view from some of these teams, how the setup is, whether it's the 49ers, whether it's the Broncos, and you think, yeah, you know, there's some general managers who are maybe in their 30s and 40s, and they're totally capable of this. And then you think of some general managers that are closer to 70. And they're going to be in an office with four to five screens and three telephones, not to mention having their own notes in front of them. Um, it, it, it's going to be, it, it, you know, the, the, the watching process of it is, is just going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously today they did their trial run with their, you know, attempted mock drafts. Um, you know, first pick, there was, you know, problems altogether off of there. Uh, one NFL head coach got booted off the call because everybody in his house was on their iPads and soaking up the bandwidth. Um, I mean, just that part of it, it's going to be really interesting. Um, but you want to know what, I mean, you have dress rehearsals, you do all this work. Um, I think for the most part, it'll go off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure there'll be, you know, something that'll make for a great blooper wheel or something that goes down Thursday night. Absolutely. And it sounded like after that initial hiccup that things went relatively smooth. I think I saw what John Elway had maybe said that. So... Hopefully, I mean that's why you have this trial run because it's you know never been done before. You want to get the kinks out, and hopefully we don't get any hacks or anything messes up with Zoom. I don't. You know, we'll see what Microsoft does or how many teams go that route. Um, but it is going to be fascinating. There's sure to be bloopers and stuff. But one thing we know with virtual certainty, as uh, as we begin here the with our mock draft here is that Joe Burrow is going to be the number one overall selection. Now, the only upset would be if it's not the Cincinnati Bengals that are doing it, and if Miami trades up for it, that does not seem like it's likely to happen. But as we start with your mock draft, is Joe Burrow going number one to Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, for me, most feel, I feel this draft starts at three. Um, yep. Joe Burrow, this has been the consensus. This is consensus before the, the draft process even started. I'd say once you hit about December and you look at the absolute incredible season that Joe Burrow put up, and it was, okay, wow, it was incredible, you know, 13-0 and through the SEC. Okay, let's see here. You know, obviously we're going to get Oklahoma in the first round of the playoffs. Then, well, you know, obviously you're going to get a national championship game, whether it's Ohio State or Clemson. Mm-hmm. And he just continued to finish the strength, the efficiency, the completion percentage, 
uh, you know, throwing the ball down the field, being able to, you know, hit open receivers and giving them the opportunity to get plenty of yards after catch. You put the legs into the equation. He runs really well. He's from Ohio. Cincinnati, you can't draw free agents. So it's not like you can say, oh, we can always go another route this way or the other. You can't. They just really can't get grand name free agents to come to that place. Mm-hmm. You have a young man who wants to play for your organization. You have an offensive-minded head coach in Zach Taylor who's supposed to be one of these next wonder kids. You know, whether or not what you feel about A.J. Green for right now, if he's going to be able to play, you got to feel he's a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Boyd is a nice wide receiver developing there in Cincinnati. You have John Ross. You have Auden Tate. You've got Joe Mixon. Go get yourself the quarterback. Get it done. And, you know, hopefully, you know, within a year, maybe you are a 5-11. Maybe you're a 6-10 team or at least the team is on the rise, and maybe you're somewhat more appealing to free agents. But this is a no-brainer for the Bengals. You know, they, they can't lure the big fish any other way. They get mm-hmm. number one overall, they got to go out and get Joe Burrow. One thing that was interesting during free agency was seeing the Bengals spend a lot of money, and I th- I'm thinking that that was in part because of the the overall national perception of them, you know, Paul Brown being as cheap an owner as he is, you know, trying to get these free agents say, yes, we are trying to win and maybe uh, alleviate any worries from the uh, the Joe Burrow family or crowd that says that, oh, you know, maybe we're going to pull an Eli Manning or a John Elway here. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you don't have to worry about that. And the thing is, it's not like there's, you know, there's other uh, maybe more attractive places that would like a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But that's the one advantage you have with Joe Burrow being, a, you know, being an Ohio kid. Mm-hmm. He's going to get to go back home. Girlfriend's an Ohio kid. Obviously, it didn't work out for him at Ohio State. You know, he had the opportunity to go to college somewhere else. Obviously, the only reason he left Ohio State is because the opportunity wasn't there for him to be the quarterback. But now he gets to go home. He's a local kid. He can tell the story of the Heisman Trophy. He can sell the story of the fact that, you know, he led the LSU Tigers to the national championship. It gives the Bengals hope. It gives them something to hopefully get some people to come to these games, there's you know there should be a renewed renewed excitement in Cincinnati Bengals football. Uh, I should have asked you before we started with the mock draft, but do you factor in any trades, or do you just go straight where where the team is currently slotted? We're gonna the way I'm gonna do this is we're gonna I'm gonna put where the player is going to, in my opinion, most likely end up, okay. and you know obviously the probability of trades are you know they're there they're yep. on it. But it's so difficult to predict them. I usually just do it, you know, player to team, mm-hmm. and then see, you know, essentially the way the chips may fall. Yep. Okay, that's the way I like to do it too, because yeah, factoring in trades is very difficult. And the first trade we might see is at three, but at number two, Washington. Uh, this seems like a slam dunk case as well uh, for Chase Young at uh, uh, defensive end out of Ohio State. I assume that's where you have him going. Yeah, in my opinion, Chase Young is still the best overall player in this draft. Um, his his season was incredible, as great as Joe Burrow was. Um, there's you know there's those quarterbacks. Um, this this draft, one thing it's a little bit devoid of is pass rushers and really really pure defensive line play. There's not a lot of defensive tackles either. Chase Young, I think he's going to be better than Joey Bosa. Looks still out whether or not he could be a better player than Nick Bosa. Chase Young is just a special special athlete. You look at Washington now. Um, obviously, you got McLaren they drafted last year. They also drafted Haskins last year. They got this little Ohio State South thing kind of going on down mm-hmm. there in D.C. Um, they do have pass rushers already. But look, you're, <laughs> one of the key things is if you're an offense and you're trying to build your offense, what do you want to do? You want to put out there a really, really 
good defense, a really, really good defensive line. It can blow up the run game. It can mm-hmm. get after the passer. Hopefully you can keep your opponent's, opponent's score total low while this young offense tries to find its footing. It's, it's just too easy. You know, like I told yep. you, I, I felt probably for months now that this draft starts at number 3 overall. Yep, and that's where the Detroit Lions are. Uh, who do you have them selecting? I think Detroit is going to do everything they possibly can to get out of this pick. Mm-hmm. And I can't blame them. And whether it would be trading down once with maybe perhaps Miami or trading down a second time with the Chargers. Um, the Chargers would be coming north for an offensive player. Mm-hmm. The Miami Dolphins obviously in pursuit of a quarterback. Um, there are players I think they would like depending on where it fell. I think Akuda is their number one target. I think they do really like Isaiah Simmons and what he can give them. And here's a team that has some defensive line play, doesn't have much else. So you look at a player like Simmons, he's appealing there. Could it be one of the defensive tackles? It possibly could be, yep. whether it's a, you know, uh, you know, a Derek Brown or a Javon Kimball. Probably a little early for him. But I think any way you slice it, whether it's at pick five or pick six, I think the Detroit Lions are going to end up with cornerback Jeffrey Akuda at Ohio State. He's just too smooth. Yes, he is, and uh, you are starting, to, or at least I'm starting to, to see some chatter about, uh, you know, uh, Dwayne or Derek Brown, excuse me, the defensive tackle out of Auburn, maybe being in play for that third pick. We'll see if that happens. At four, the Giants. I've seen Isaiah Simmons' name kind of floated around, but Dave Gettleman seems like he's been tackle, you know, offensive tackle for weeks, if not months now. Is that where he's going? Who do you have the Giants taking? The most difficult thing here is, you know, all the smoke and fire you've heard is mostly for the offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people who cover the drafts, we all believe, now you look back at what he did in Carolina, you know, whether it was, you know, Shaq Thompson from Washington, whether it was Lou Keekley from Boston College. Now you see him and you see him looking at a player like Isaiah Simmons, and he's got to be salivating. And then there's the rumors today, well, the Giants view Justin Her- Herbert as best quarterback in this class. Yeah, well, Dave Settlement is not going to draft Justin Herbert after nope. just risking his future on Daniel Brown last year. Yep. So that's not going to happen. What's he hoping? Daniel Jones, rather. He's hoping somebody's going to come more. Um, I don't think anybody's going to do the Giants a favor in this scenario. Um, they know the Giants either are going to take an offensive tackle, or they're going to take Isaiah Simmons. And so they either start to run an offensive tackle, or they take Simmons. Knowing Gentleman, knowing his history, knowing the fact that he probably should go tackle here to you know, protect his investments in Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones, I truly believe they'd get him in, is going to select Isaiah Simmons. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just what he does. Um, it, 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 and it's not that it's a bad selection. Mm-hmm. And I think the Giants do have some of the pieces in place where they can bring in Simmons and maybe get the true use of his versatility out of him. Mm-hmm. But until Dave Gettleman does what appears on paper to be the right thing, I'm still going to believe he's going to go contrarian. So I think Isaiah Tom, Isaiah Simmons, four overall, is going to be New York Giants. Uh, I don't believe Dave Gettleman has ever traded, uh, for sure, out of the first round, or uh, traded his first round pick. Tra- mm-hmm. Yeah, so he that... He's never traded back. Yeah, he that's... never traded back, so I can't see him starting now. <laughs> Especially while he's trying to manipulate Zoom, five monitors, <laughs> and he's got his, you know, 1962 big old binders sitting on the desk. 
Yep. Yeah, he's about as old school as they come. And speaking of old school, Giants new head coach uh, Joe Judge came over from the Patriots. I think he. I read something where he said that maybe you're going to take more of a, like a comfortable player here. You know, someone that you're you know, familiar with or that you've talked to coaches and stuff. And we know that Bill Belichick's relationship with Nick Saban has uh, been well documented uh, with the Patriots. So if that's the case and maybe they do go the offensive tackle route, could you see Jedrick Wills be that guy over, say, Tristan Wirfs? I, I wouldn't put it past them. And the fact that, you know, they still uh, they still have the left tackle that they kept last season, obviously the free agent, uh, you know, signed uh, two seasons ago from the New England Patriots. Yep. Wills has never played left tackle on any level. Look, he's as good as you could possibly get as a right tackle coming out. So, yeah, would that be a nice, safe pick? Would it be in, you know, in cohesion with, you know, success for Squad Barkley, success for Danny Jones? It, it would. So, if, I do think if they were to select tackle, I do think it's going to be Jedrick Wills. Um, but, Again, I, I just I, I just don't see him passing up a linebacker. Yep. And a guy who can make 120 tackles a year, who's as athletic as his running backs, Juan Barkley. That's a great point. Uh, at five, then the Dolphins. It's got to be quarterback, right? The only question now is, what quarterback is going to be selected? I think it's going to be cornerback, and you're hearing some talk today about you know how maybe the Dolphins would go tackle at five. I think that. That, you know, obviously when there's always leakage, if there's leakage, Detroit wants to trade down, what does anybody from Miami want to do? They want to cool those talks, so obviously they don't have to pay King's ransom to move up. Mm-hmm. So, but if you can say, if Detroit's not going to take a quarterback, if the Giants aren't going to take a quarterback, if Washington's not going to take a quarterback, why do you mess, necessarily mess it around? Are you in competition with the Chargers? And the question would be, are you both chasing the same quarterback? I think Miami is going to stay put here with all these picks they have, they can do whatever they want to do in this draft. Mm-hmm. Whatever their plan is, we want to get a tackle, that's fine. you still got two more first-round selections. We're talking six to seven offensive tackles going round one. Go get the guy. Go get the guy you think is going to be the leader of this franchise. you still got Ryan Fitzpatrick. You ain't got to rush this young man. Go out. But I do believe they're going to take Justin Herbert at five overall. I have... I've- Picking that as well, I think that's the uh, the kind of the growing census, and it's uh, in large part because of Tua's injury. And you're right, the the Dolphins have the most draft capital out of any team. Uh, so that's something that I mean, they're they're the riches in terms of the draft. And then the Chargers at six. Uh, where do you have them going? Now this is interesting now because if you're going to look at Tua from the sake of you know where does he go as far as a locale that's going to get him closest to home. It's got to be Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, now the Chargers have been struggling for attendance, even in a smaller stadium than the Rams have been playing in. You're going to open up this new joint stadium. Um, you know, is two of that game? Um, do you want to, you know, put, you know, take a guy like that? I get a hard time believing with all they have invested in defense that they're just going to hand the ball to Tyrod Taylor without any real competition. The question is, do they address it here, or do they go a little later in the draft? and go with like a Jalen Hurts and just look at a guy like Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. who can maybe give you a, a Russell Wilson type of presence where his legs are just as important as his arm yep. as his passing game continues to grow the one year at Oklahoma did wonders for him yep. so if I'm the Chargers it's really tough but I'm, I'm not going to go quarterback here if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers I just don't see it 
lining up here. You're putting too much pressure on the kid. And the other thing is, it's really, really tough to make this decision on Tua when, you know, they showed that pro day video. That's great. I mean, you know, so he took a snap and took two steps and threw the ball. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't show you anything. You've got no real way to know any otherwise. So I'm going to go Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from the University of Georgia here. I don't know how we finally got back to this, but I'm glad we did. Andrew Thomas is the best tackle in this class. Yes, some other guys may fit some other situations better. But if you're going to go across the board as far as who is the best tackle now, it is Andrew Thomas. Because those these other guys maybe pass them. Yes, they could. But Andrew Thomas is the best tackle in this class, has always been the best tackle in this class. Goes six overall, starts his career out as a Los Angeles Charger. Any thoughts if they don't go quarterback here that they could go wide receiver over offensive tackle? My question there would be is, if you've only got Tyrod Taylor, what, what, what are you getting the wide receiver for? What exactly is it doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's great to have the wide receiver, but it's still going to be the same issue of who's getting the ball to him. And so sure. until you've got that totally solved, and you know, until maybe you figure out what you truly got at the quarterback position long term, you're not sure exactly what kind of wide receiver you need to pair with whoever these quarterbacks are going to be. Great point indeed. Uh, Carolina then at seven. Who do you have the Panthers taking? Uh, my first thinking is Carolina is not going to take the selection. They'll do anything they can to get out of it. Um, when you look at the deal that Matt will sign, seven years guaranteed. He's got all the time in the world to put his stamp, put his blueprint on this team. So my guess is they don't want to take a player here. If they are going their first round selection, what are you going to do here? You've got seven years. You know, so you want to be playoff contention year two, year three, hopefully. Um, you got to figure out the quarterback position. Um, look, Teddy Bridgewater is there, and I think we're all rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Fingers are crossed that the health will remain. Yep. But, you know, eventually you're either going to need some sort of insurance policy or just a little bit of competition. You know, we really all, none of us truly know what exactly Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is. It's not like we've got to see two to three years of quarterback play. So there is that aspect of it. So, but I do believe you, they're going to go with a player, uh, you know, maybe at seven, you know, this is where they are, they're going to slot him a player, maybe where they trade down to, it won't be. But go get a safe player here. Just get a foundational piece, somebody to build around. Derek Brown out of Auburn. If it's a little later, maybe in the early teens, maybe Brown's gone, you're going to get a Javon Kinlaw. Get something that's going to help right away. And know exactly what you have on the defensive line. Put a piece there. You yeah, already signed up, obviously, McCaffrey for a long-term deal. You got some wide receivers that you like. You do have Teddy. Go get yourself a piece because you're losing Luke Kinkley is big. It's really big. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to make up for some of that presence. So make up with it, at least on the defensive line and go get Derek Brown. Absolutely. That's a great pick there. Uh, I think if the Cardinals, if Isaiah Simmons fell to them, I, I think they'd have to take them. I, I, they'd have to take him, even though they do have some other needs. Offensive line, uh, maybe they. I, seeing that then maybe they're going wide receiver here. Can you imagine Kyler Murray with the likes of DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Andy Isabella and Christian Kirks and, and Larry Fitzgerald, and then you throw in a wide receiver in the mix. I mean, that would be incredible here. But I think, I think they're probably going to go offensive tackle or Isaiah Simmons. Do you agree with that, and who do you have the Cardinals taking? I think Isaiah Simmons would be great for them because one of my problems that I have with Isaiah Simmons and everybody, all the versatility, he can do this, he can do that, he can do this. That's great. You have other players on your defense and either in your linebacking core, your secondary, who can do this as well. Because if you want to be able to mix and match guys, 
and you want guys to line up seven yards off the ball, and the quarterback's not exactly sure what assignment they're going to take, you need a running mate for a guy like that. Buda Baker is that type of player. Him and Isaiah Simmons would make a nice match. That's why, you know, although he's gone to the Giants, I think yep. he'd be a good figure. I don't know how Arizona necessarily goes off of the tackle. They re-signed both their tackles from last year. They paid D.J. Humphreys a lot of money. True. And I look at the defensive line, and besides Chandler Jones, I see nothing. I don't see anything there besides Chandler Jones. Um, so you, you, you need something in the inside. You need another pass rusher. I think they would love to get out of this spot because I think something they're going to take for the defensive line, they are maybe going to spend a little bit too much on. Um, but, you know, that's why I think they're hoping for the trade down. But in this scenario here for the Arizona Cardinals, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give them Javon Kinlaw. I think they just got to do more on the defensive line. You've got to stop San Francisco's running game. You got to stop Seattle's running game. You just mm-hmm. got to do more on the defensive line. You're not getting, you know, you might be able to score with these teams, but you're going to get in a lot of contests where whoever's got the ball left. And right now, the one thing Seattle's got over them, and the one thing, you know, obviously San Francisco's got over them, is better defenses. Yep. That's a that's a great pick again as well, and that would be back-to-back defensive tackles then at 7 and 8. I think if Kinlaw is there for the Jaguars, that they would take him at 9. Uh, granted, it doesn't seem like anyone wants to be in Jacksonville right now, or Jacksonville doesn't want any of their current players. They just want to go all in. So I think Jacksonville can go a number of different places. I think wide receiver, quarterback, uh, defensive line, maybe linebacker, certainly the, the secondary at the cornerback position. So a lot of options here for Jacksonville at nine. Where do you see the Jaguars going? I totally agree here. Look, if you're Jacksonville, there's not a wide receiver on this roster that's going to stop you from going out and getting somebody else. Um, so, you know, that's certainly, you know, an opportunity to look at here. You certainly probably could move out of here. You have teams itching to get up here for these wide receivers. So the question is, does Jacksonville want that? Would you like C.J. Henderson, who's actually had a nice little rise here over the last couple of weeks, and some people saying they're not sure the gap between Jeffrey Okuda and C.J. Henderson is that much. You lost both your corners from last year. And, I mean, Jacksonville, you look at it now, I think they have, what, nine starters left from the AFC Championship game they were in just a couple of years ago. Um, Obviously, Ngakwe walked out. You know Leonard Fournette isn't saying it, but you know he has no no thoughts on being there. Mm -hmm. You'd like to go play for somebody that's a little bit better. Me, I'll go get C.J. Henderson. you got a local kid. He's a solid, solid corner. Um, has the ability to be a cornerback one, but you got to do something here for this defense. You just keep losing too many guys on the side of that ball and quality, quality ball players in, in, in that respect. So you got to do something here. It's a deep wide receiver class. You can always go ahead and get another one at some other time. They do have two first-round selections, so it's not like they can come back and not get a wide receiver here later. So go ahead and get C.J. Henderson at nine overall. I feel like one of the slam dunks of this draft is Cleveland taking an offensive tackle at 10. Maybe I'm off on that, but I lend my time to you. Uh, who is Cleveland taking at 10? I think, yes, there is no doubt about it that the Cleveland Browns are going to select an offensive tackle here. The way this scenario broke, there's one of the two they're interested in. I think of the top tier between, you know, Wills, Beckton, um, obviously Andrew Thomas, and Tristan Wirfs here. I think their preference would be Andrew Thomas or Tristan Wurst. The over-athleticism of Tristan Wurst works with this system. So I'll give them Tristan Wurst here. I do believe the Browns will trade down in the first round once, if not twice. I think they are totally content with that second round and second tier of offensive tackles. 
whether it is an Ezra Cleveland, whether it is a Josh Jones. There's a little bit of talk about an Austin Jackson, perhaps. But I think they are more than content of trading down either into the late teens or maybe even the early 20s, giving up you know some ground, gaining some picks on back, because they have obviously some holes on defense, but they need to get that, you know, a couple of players as linebacker, a couple of players in the secondary. But offensive tackle is the one they want to basically get to, you know, put to bed right first and foremost. So in this instance, Tristan Wurst, I do believe they love Tristan Wurst. I just, my mock league, he goes there. I'm not sure if Tristan Wurst is going to be there come draft night. Yeah, I think I think Wurst goes potentially four to the Giants if they don't go Wills or Isaiah Simmons. Um, but, you know, Cleveland is definitely going more in ter- terms of the analytical route. And didn't Wirfs test the best in terms of, like, the analytics? Or doesn't he grade out as the best? I mean, so I mean, I, it would seem that Cleveland would want him. But I mean, you do have Andrew Thomas from Georgia as well, if he were there in that spot. So do you think it's really that close between the two of them? Or is Cleveland really liking Wirfs? I think the biggest misconception that everybody took away from the combine was that, you know, Ezra Cleveland, Tristan Wirfs, tested like these incredible Olympic-type athletes. They did. Andrew Thomas tested extremely well. So did Jedrick Wills. These guys tested really, really well. Like, top tackle in the class well. It's just the way the tackle class broke this year. There's a lot of good of them, a lot of good ones, Mm -hmm. and a lot of athletic ones. There's nothing Andrew Thomas or Jedrick Wills testing members did to hurt them as far as viewing them as athletes. So I think that's been more of the biggest misconceptions of this. But yes, um, and then you look at other things. You know, Jedrick Wills, like I said, he's never played left tackle. So if you're looking at things analytically and you're trying to take every piece of information, wouldn't analytics say to you, well, he's never played net left tackle? Yeah, mm-hmm. but da, 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 da. well, he's never played left tackle. Well, you look at this, he's done this. The tape says he should be able to do it, yes, but we've never seen him play left tackle. Right. So you have that type of issue with that type of thing. So that's why I do think Wurst, he's got some experience there. I do think Thomas, who's got two years in the SEC of experience there, um, that's why I think they are probably the most appealing. Back then, I think the issue is kind of the position. Yes, he's going to be a big, old, nasty bully in the run game. But you have the size, you have the weight concerns, obviously. Um, endurance is going to be a question you have with a man who weighs 363 pounds, likes to eat, and maybe likes a little bit of weed. So <laughs> God knows the late night meals at the uh, Beckton household. So they're all interesting. But I mean, if the Browns traded down to say 17, 18, and Makai Beckton's still there, mm-hmm. that may be more interesting to them. We saw who we wanted. We're still getting one of these top tackles. And they've been really tricky about this because the Browns have been in contact with every tackle in this class. I mean, like, everyone, in one way or another, they've reached out and had good communications. So basically all they're telling you is they're really interested in an offensive tackle, but I don't think there's really too much there to say it's that tackle the one they want. Maybe if I had to guess, it would be Ezra Cleveland. Okay. Uh, the Jets at 11, they could go a couple of different directions, maybe offensive tackle, wide receiver, uh, maybe a different spot. Where do you have the Jets going with at 11? The Jets are tough because... I think the need for a left tackle is just as important as the need for a wide receiver run. <laughs> a wide receiver one. You can't tell me Bashard Perriman. Uh, you can't tell me Isaiah. You can't tell me Channing Crowder. That's enough for you to ignore the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sam Darnold had issues last year. Uh, he was getting harassed. It was really, really difficult for him at times. When he was kept clean, he played really well. When he wasn't, he had some really tough days. 
I'd go back on this almost back and forth almost every day. But if you look at it this way, if Makai Beckton, and the biggest concern you have on him is where is the pass pro at now? Um, and then you put into you know, the scope of there may not be OTAs. You know, when are we actually going to start playing? How much time will there be between first practices and a first regular season game? I think you just got to go wide receiver. It's the safest bet here. You get whatever wide receiver is on the board if you're the Jets here. It's really hard to turn this down. So, you know, if I'm looking at it, I'm the New York Jets. It's either Jerry Judy or it's CeeDee Lamb. And this is another one I can go back and forth on. But I think with Judy and his precise and clean the route running here, you got Paramid to obviously you know, do the Jeep work. You've got Crowder who's nasty out of the slot. You've got Judy who's just another great route runner. Make Sam Darnold's life easier. Go get a wide receiver. Get Jerry Judy. And would this then begin the wide receiver run? Because we know we've discussed at length how deep this wide receiver class is, and there are a number of good wide receivers in the first round. This would be the first wide receiver off the board. Does that begin the run here with Las Vegas then at 12? I 100% believe it does, and at least this starts the beginning of the run here. Um, the Raiders, obviously, two selections here, 12 and 19, you know, feasting off the last of that Khalil Mack trade here. Um, and you look at it, look, you're opening in Vegas. You're going to want to put points on the board. You're going to want some exciting stuff. Henry Ruggs, if Al Davis was alive, he would have traded everything and his son to get the number one overall pick to trade Henry Ruggs. He runs a 4 two, seven. He would have been all over it. <laughs> in this scenario, I look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr has never been the big arm thrower, the deep thrower. So I look at this situation. And C.D. Lamb almost seems too perfect. He runs the crossing routes. Derek Carr loves to you know, loves to throw. He's comfortable throwing. His yards after catch is just absolutely spectacular. C.D. Lamb, 12 overall for the Las Vegas Raiders. It just seems too easy to set that one up. Yep, absolutely. The 49ers at 13, I mean, they want to trade down. They don't have any picks in the second, third, or fourth rounds, and so they're open for business. They could go a few different uh, ways here. They did lose Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason, so maybe they try and get another wide receiver for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Maybe they go offensive line here. They could go another position as well. Where do you have San Francisco going? This is interesting, you know, because it looks like they're going to move on from Marquise Goodwin as well. They've already moved on from Manny Sanders. You look at the receivers they have, they need the threat. They need the deep threat. Um, Denver's going to be lurking here. There's no doubt about it. Henry Ruggs is number one on their board. That was the guy they wanted 15. Is it going to be an option? Are they going to be able to trade up? Could they be one of those teams that gets the Cleveland spot at 10 here for leapfrog? But you need to open this up. You need to open it up for receivers underneath like Debo Samuel. You need to open it up underneath for George Kittle to do his business. Uh, Henry Ruggs III, it's just too easy of a selection to put here. You know, he can run deep routes all day. If he beats them, all the more better. They got the plays to be had there. If he doesn't, how are you going to cover Kittle? How are you going to cover Samuel? It just gives you too many options. But Henry Ruggs, San Francisco at 13. I do believe they're going to in some way make a move here. If Ruggs isn't available, maybe they'll move down. Maybe they'll move down from 31. Um, they obviously put some of their higher-priced players on the market. I don't know if they're going to get much sizzle on that like they're hoping for. Mm-hmm. But Henry Ruggs, the San Francisco 49ers, 13 overall. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay right now. Um, I, I wish we would have been able to cover this you know, the last you know, month or so. There's so much going on in the world of sports. Uh <laughs> Where, where does Tampa go here? Uh, are you going to protect Brady? Do you want to go on the defensive side here? What do the Bucks do? See, this is, this is where it makes it 
because this Tom Brady experience with Tampa Bay, you know, you look at it on the surface, and maybe it's maybe it's a one year thing. So you're going to make a decision here, essentially based on one year. Um, you know, whether this Brady thing works out, maybe you can squeeze out a second year. But part of what New England and part of what Bill Belichick was saying was, well, the arm isn't necessarily there. He really can't defend himself in the pocket anymore against pass rush. So you've got to go out and, and get a tackle here. I think this is where Mekhi Beckman ends up falling here. You're going to need that monster guy to keep pressure that Brady cannot see away from him. So it just makes sense to go Mekhi Beckman here. It just it becomes a difficult situation because what do they do long term, you know, and how do they handle it in that regard? Because it's you know essentially you're making a huge huge decision based on maybe one year of Tom Brady, but you know it's the breaks since the breaks. You get a player here, obviously you know the greatest quarterback to ever live. If you're Tampa Bay, you can't sneeze that. You got to just do the best you can to protect. Denver then at fifteen we. Talked maybe that they would trade up. They really want a wide receiver here. Uh, who do, who are the Broncos selecting? Uh, in this scenario, it didn't work out well for them. It's it, it just the way the board broke here. Board broke here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put in Jedrick Wills. Look, you got Drew Lock. Um, you can find a way to get a receiver here a little bit later on. Hmm. Um, so you do that. You want a deep receiver. You want a vertical guy with speed. You can get one of those later pair with Drew Lock. While Kent, you know, Cortland Sutton does his business. So why not protect the kid? So you go ahead and get Jedrick Wills here, fortify that fortify that offensive line here, and hope you can get a wide receiver that's going to pair well with two lock and round two. The Atlanta Falcons at 16 then, uh, they could go a number of different spots on the defensive side of the of the ball here. Where do you see Atlanta going? Uh, Caleb on, on. Um, I just think it's time. Um, they're going to have to do something with the pass rush. Dick Beasley's selection obviously never worked out for them. Um, obviously he's held them back at some point. At some points. Um, they've done work everywhere else. Um, they're going to give this offense one more year to run together with Todd Gurley. Um, you got five first-round picks invested in that offensive line for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you've got to get something on defense here. So if you're going to, you're going to go out and you know, chase down the second-best pass rusher in this class. Uh, it has just dawned on me that I have not heard uh, you mention Tua yet uh, after that Miami and Charger uh, combo there at 5-6, and six. so in- interested to see where you have him coming up. Dallas is not going to take Tua. We don't think. Maybe they will. You never can tell with Jerry Jones, but where did the Cowboys uh, go with the 17th pick? Cowboys can go a, a number of spots here. Um, I think most likely that they are going to go to the defensive side of the ball as well here. Um, it's just, you know, they lost, obviously, Byron Jones in the secondary. They need players in that secondary. I'm going to give them cornerback Trevon Diggs, uh, Stephon's little brother out of Alabama. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's kind of newer to the position. But Trevon Diggs, solid, solid cornerback prospect. I think he's going to end up being a better pro than a lot of people think. He's one of those guys getting that Alabama sense to him, you know, where people kind of get nervous about Alabama players, which just seems so silly on the surface. But that's who I have headed there. Miami at 18, maybe this works out, and they, oh, wait, we already got Justin Herbert. They don't need Tua, uh, but maybe you need someone to protect Justin Herbert. Are they going to go offensive tackle here? If I'm Miami Dolphins, this is where I'm looking at offensive tackle, yes. Um, you know, what's there defensively? There's not a huge gap between, you know, their next first-round pick and obviously the other packs picks that around here. So you look at the Miami Dolphins on the clock here. Um, you look at what's available here, and I um, don't want to believe this or aren't ready for it, but 
but there are going to be plenty of them that go in the first round. My guess is it's going to be seven. I know that they spent a lot of time scouting Josh Jones from Houston um, in year one where they're just trying to put everything together with all this talent on the field, work it out. It gives Josh Jones a little time to refine his game. He was the most polished offensive tackle at the Senior Bowl. So Josh Jones at 18, it's safe, which isn't always pretty, but sometimes it works. Vegas is back on the clock here for a second time in the first round. Uh, the Raiders went wide receiver at 12. Where are they going at 19? Um, obviously, the Raiders, you know, they did a nice job last year. They got pass rush, whether it was, you know, from you know Cleveland Farrell from the Raiders, whether it was Max Crosby later. So they did a good job. They were able to get some talent in there, some players there. Um, for me, this one makes too much sense. You lost Carl Joseph. Look, a lot of people don't know where to put Grant Delpit in this first round. I think I found Grant Delpit at home, and I think it is 19 overall to the Las Vegas Raiders. You can never have too big of a playmaker in the deep part of the secondary. The one thing Delpit has shown over his years at LSU is he plays very well in the deep, you know, in deep area, you know, the on the roof, so to speak, um, that a deep free safety does. Put him there. Go ahead and prosper. Um, I think it's a great spot for a great landing spot for Grant Delpit. Um, you know, with a new facility opening in Vegas, whenever it opens, you want to be able to attract people coming from anywhere. Um, you want guys who are coming from big colleges because a lot of people are going to say, hey, you know, we can go to Vegas for the weekend. Hey, mm-hmm. we can go see your kid from LSU play for the Raiders this weekend. So it works to, you know, get players from these schools who have these big, big college followings. Go ahead, take Grant Delbert. You got yourself a free safety. And now you add between that, you added that. We added a wide receiver, and you got, got a chance to score points. Hopefully you got a guy deep in the secondary to prevent points. How much better is Grant than, say, Xavier McKinney from Alabama? I think, and this is weird, because a lot of people think McKinney is the best safety in this class. I think if you go back to 2018 and you watch 2018 Grant Delpit, Grant Delpit is the best safety in this class. I think, you know, what's hurting him maybe is we can get the same test in whatever numbers they're trying to fudge from these, these pro days this stop, save on them, hold on to them. Nobody's really buying them. I'm sorry. Uh, there's just no way around it. Um, but Grant Delbert, for me, is still the top safety in this class. Does the safety possibly not go round one? It's certainly certainly a possibility. But for me, Grant Delbert is the best safety in the 2020 NFL draft. The Jaguars back on the clock for a second time. Uh, where where are the Jaguars going? This is this where it kind of gets a little bit interesting. Um, because you... For me, I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and a lot of it comes down to you get two picks in this first round. Obviously, you know, you're hoping to turn this around rather quickly. What do you feel about Gardner Minshew? That's a tough one. It really is. I yep. mean, there's a guy you drafted in the fifth round. Did yep. it work? Is it a guy that you're ready to full-on invest in? There's a couple of quarterbacks here that you could possibly maybe have your eyes on here. So this makes it the toughest one of all. For me, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to go take Jordan Love. He's interesting. He's got the arm talent. Um, you know, obviously, you know, a couple of hiccups during the draft process, but just a good all-around throw of the ball. I think through the combine, uh, if you get mellowed out, I think he got himself a little bit more in line. You know, as far as you know, the throws, I think you know the stage wasn't as big for him anymore. I'm going to go ahead and take Jordan Love. I, I just I don't know how you can say if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, we drafted Gardner Minshew in the fifth round last year, and that should be enough. I think we may have touched on this before, but is Jordan Love the most intriguing of the quarterbacks because of the ceiling, because of the upside that he has, and the rel- he's been relatively unknown playing at Utah State? 
I think, well, I mean, and you, you look at what he played with. I mean, he didn't have much. A lot of balls were dropped. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys, you know, weren't fast enough to run the routes the way they needed to be run. A lot of guys weren't necessarily running the routes. It, you know, I mean, look, I mean, the breaks are the breaks. He ended up playing college ball where he played college ball. But, you know, obviously he's going to have to rise a little bit to whatever NFL roster he goes to. But that he just see the natural, pure mechanics of the kid. And I, I think it's going to translate. It's you know maybe it's going to take a little time. Maybe you know, obviously that man's going to want to start in day one, especially in what could be an abbreviated season or abbreviated off season. But I think Jordan Love's going to be a special, special talent. I am so fascinated with the bottom half of this draft because I feel like the teams that are there, they can go so many different ways with players, and it depends on if some players fall. Maybe they come in with a surprise pick of their own. It's just these teams can go a number of different ways. Uh, Philadelphia may be one of those teams. Uh, they're trying to get rid of Alshon Jeffrey, so maybe they go down. Where do you like the? What do you like the Eagles doing with the twenty-first pick? I think the Eagles are certainly in wide receiver mode. I think I think they like some of these linebackers, um, but the way it's falling, maybe it's not going to be the case. You know, there's a lot of talk about the Eagles trading up, but the question would be if this, the wide receivers broke like it did here. What are you trading up for? Are you trading up for wide receiver four? Not everybody's chasing wide receivers here right now. But it gives you, you know, a question of whether or not you're looking at two different guys. Because you like Justin Jefferson, you know, as the pure slot guy. They always like these big, you know, deep guys who can do a little bit of everything. So that's for me where I kind of look and, and I get to, you know, I get to Mims. And it, it makes it really, really difficult for me. Because I think Mims is more powerful than he's given credit for. Mm-hmm. I think he's smooth. I think he's a good route runner. So for me, Denzel Mims, 21 overall, the Philadelphia Eagles, you get, uh, you know, obviously you get a new toy for your quarterback down there and Carson Wentz. It just makes more sense. It's, and I am a big Justin Jefferson guy, and, you know, I think he did everything to show athletically that, you know, that he can test, that he tested well enough to play outside. But you see how he tore it up from the slot. Mm-hmm. So why would you even want to bother trying to do something else different with him? Very true. Uh, then the Minnesota Vikings, first of their two picks at 22. They can go a number of different ways. Cornerback, uh, defensive line or like defensive end, wide receiver, glaring need, offensive line, glaring need. Where do you have my Vikings doing? This is where it gets a little bit interesting, yes. Um, you know, you look at the Vikings here, you obviously a wide receiver certainly fit the bill here, offensive tackle as well. Obviously, you're going to need secondary help as well. Um, I'm going Christian Fulton here. Um, Christian Fulton... It's, he's another one here, and there's there's some questions at LSU. Everything I've heard, it's really kind of minor. So anybody's trying to blow up his off-field stuff, it doesn't really seem like it should be anything. You need your corner. You need some secondary play. Um, you know, so you're gonna have to address that here. Um, obviously, you'd like a wide receiver as well. We can address that here in a couple of minutes as well. Um, I, you know, you're not exactly sure exactly if there's going to be tweaks to the offense. You know, what they've moved on from a lot of things. Whether it's Stephon Diggs, whether it was their old offensive coordinator, obviously just elevated. You know, part, you know the head of your offensive staff to that role. But go ahead and put Christian Fulton in, get the cornerback taken away. I think it's a lot easier to take care of the cornerback position than it's going to be a lot easier to take care of the wide receiver position than mm-hmm. it's going to be the cornerback position. So go ahead and put that one to bed first. I can't imagine you have two a sliding past 24, but uh, we'll see if he goes at 23 with the New England Patriots on the clock. I think if there is any possibility... And we're probably talking maybe in the early, you know, when that wide receiver, right around that wide receiver run. If Tuatogrevo is there, and Bill Belichick has the opportunity to pounce, he is going to. Um, now look what's available. 
Cam Newton's available. James Winston's available. There are names that are available. And you can't tell me, hey, oh, well, you know, we kind of think Jared Stidham was going to be, you know, a good player one day. Mm-hmm. You can't say that. Knowing the history between Alabama and the New England Patriots, between Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, I just don't see it. I, I think if there's if there's a chance to a slide, and I do believe there is, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, medicals are a big issue here, and you drafted, and it does not work out, you're not drafting another quarterback. You may not have the opportunity to be around to draft another quarterback right. for said team. So for the New England Patriots, I think if there's a chance that they can cast the net and get to it, they are going to be all over it. I completely agree. I, I, I can't imagine New England, Bill Belichick wouldn't take to a, if he were available there. If some, if for some reason he did pass on Tua, would the Saints, who maybe wanted Jordan Love, if Tua falls to them, they have to take him, right? It's possible, but didn't, didn't they just tell us by putting a first-round pick on Taysom Hill? Oh, that's true, too. Compensation for a, I mean, you know, I, I really think they think they have something there, so maybe you know, next year would be the way they go with that. Um, you know, Obviously, we all believe with Drew Brees, this is you know, obviously going to be the last run if this 2020 season gets in. Um, I think that's something they would look towards next year. You know, I think maybe they want to work a little more, take some hill into it, see what they truly have. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the New Orleans Saints, you know, I, maybe, I just don't know if he fits so well with the accurate passing game that Sean Payton, you know, necessarily runs here. So, you know, but I, you know, I think more there. So for the Saints here, and you look at what's available, and the way I'm kind of looking at it is you're getting closer and closer to the, you know, Cam Jordan's been a hell of a player. Cam mm-hmm. Jordan's been in this league for a really, really long time. And this is kind of where the Saints have been smart, is they've kind of been one year ahead of things as far as, you know, realizing a player might be diminishing. Uh, you know, with Mark Ingram, they had that nice little run. And then guess what? All right, we started working at Alan Kamara and moved on from Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. I think you got to do that in the defensive end position here. So you look at your two gross Maddox from Penn State. A little tiny bit undersized. Um, it'll give him the time to develop in the league, get his body right. Great pass rusher, really athletic. Got a great move against the run game to beat tackles to get inside and stop the run here. So for me, it would be gross Maddox from Penn State here. New Orleans, just getting a jump on, replacing the pass rush of Cam Jordan before the you know, monetary amount doesn't necessarily need the production. Vikings back on the clock. Who do you have them taking at 25? Um, for me, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Um, yes. Look what you were kind of looking to replace. You're looking to replace a really, really, really good route runner in Stephon Diggs. But what are you trying to replace him with? A guy who's not so much of a pain in the butt. So that's where Justin Jefferson comes in here. You make that selection here. Him and Thielen can crisscross the field. I think it'll work well with uh, Kirk Cousins. I think it's just too easy of a selection to make. I would be ecstatic if they got Jefferson. Uh, again, I, I, I'm fine with them doing whatever as long as they address the the areas of need with players that they, they, that they don't reach. Just don't reach. That's all I ask, uh, like they've done with the quarterback position uh, through the years. But they don't need quarterback, at least in the first round. The Dolphins, with their third uh, selection of the first round, who do you like them taking? Um, this one here lined up pretty well, I think, for the for the Dolphins. Their linebacking play, and obviously I got to see that last year, their linebackers were a whole bunch of people up where I sat there and said, who is that? Who is this guy? Who is that guy? That was the case for a lot of their defense. Um, you look at what's available here. You've got Murray. You've got Patrick Queen. I think you go Patrick Queen here and his ability to go sideline to sideline with that 4-4 speed 
It's just, it's just another chip. So now you've added a quarterback. Now you've added a left tackle. Now you've added a little middle linebacker. You get to make another selection at 39 here. It lines up really, really well for me, in my opinion, for the Miami Dolphins. Would they consider going offensive line again or no? I think, I think they could. Um, but again, they also have a pick at 39 here. I think at this point, man, you're just trying to hit key positions here. And if there is a guy there who you got graded really highly, that's what you're going to do here. You get three, three picks in the first 26. Find what fits you. Go get it done. Seattle at 27, maybe sniffing around Everson Griffin a little bit. Do they go edge rusher here, defensive end, or do they go elsewhere? I think they're going to end up with either Javian Clowney coming back, or they will go ahead and you know get on the, uh, you know get Everson Griffin on here. I'm going to go with the tackle here. I'm going to go with Austin Jackson. Uh, their offensive line play last year was bad. It was bad, bad. Russell Wilson was in crazy impressive. They were good on the interior. It aided the run game, but the tackles were not good here. Go with Austin Jackson here. They get the guy in here. Um, you know, and as we talked about last week, there was a guy who you know took a lot of flack during this season, and then everybody kind of found out that uh, you know he basically gave bone marrow to his sister over the summer before the 2019 season, and everybody's like, oh, okay, well, I think that maybe explains some you know hicks in his game to the Seattle Seahawks. 28, the Baltimore Ravens. Where are they going uh, with the with the pick? I'm going to give them nothing. They deserve nothing. They will get nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> their, their, linebacker, their linebacking core is another one that's pretty bad here. Kenneth Murray's available here. Kenneth Murray is another seek and destroy linebacker here. I hate to make this selection here because I think mm-hmm. it really helps them and it gives them a player of need. But Kenneth, Kenneth Murray, 28 overall, the Baltimore Ravens. Seems like a really, really simple, simple, easy one to do here. I don't mind at all if they don't get a pick at all. I mean, that's that's totally fine. I get where you're coming from there. Uh, the Titans <laughs> at 29. We have four picks left in the first round here. Where do the Titans go? Um, for me, and actually this one, I forget who did the mock draft, um, whether it was Peter King. Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. Um, you're looking to replace Jack Conklin. You're looking to replace a really good run blocking right tackle. This one kind of just fell into their lap. It, like, the second I heard this today, I was just like, wow, that's really just too perfect. They've got pass rushers. They've got a secondary. They've got good players all around. Just keep the one thing that was the key to this offense that got you where it did last year going, the run game. You can easily slide Isaiah Wilson in here. You know, you do that, you know, that gap blocking scheme, which basically is man on man and obliterate the guy to the ground, which is Isaiah Wilson is fantastic at. You put him here. It's just—it's a really, really easy transition. Really, really easy, seamless move here for the Tennessee Titans. You just go ahead and put Isaiah Wilson in. Oh, I don't. I hope you don't have someone good going to the Packers at thirty. <laughs> the Packers are interesting. Um, they can obviously go in numerous ways. You know, keep adding to that defense, which has been a good group here. You know, are you looking at somebody in the tackle class? I know that there's. Uh, guys in Green Bay that think they need some safety help. So this is where I'll put in Xavier McKinney. Just keep putting together smart football players, good tacklers. Obviously, the great pick last year with Darnell Savage. So you go ahead and put that move in there. And, uh, you know, for the Packers, uh, you know, you just... Look, you're in the uh, Tom Brady boat, but I was in for a long, long time, my friend. You just hope mm-hmm. one of the days he just start, doesn't start looking, starts looking flawed, starts looking old. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, the 49ers with their second pick of the first round, probably going to trade out. We'll see. But if they stay at 31, where do the 49ers go? If I'm the 49ers, I am all over Jeff Gladney from uh, TCU. 
Um, very similar cornerback, in my opinion, to Richard Sherman. It's going to allow you to carry on a transition from this defense from when Richard's done to you know the next part of the face of this defense. Gladney, uh, he's really good. Andrew, really good. He, he's well, really well in the first five yards as getting contact, not holding, not too deep, back a lot of passes. And versus Denzel Mims this year may have been the greatest one-on-one matchup that didn't get as much talk as it deserved here. These guys went at each other all day long. I'm going to go Jeff Gladney here. It just makes too much sense. Uh, there were times where last year Richard looked like, you know, the bloom was coming off, you know, the rose, so to speak. And with a guy like him who's never been super, super athletic, you do think that maybe just one day it's just all going to be gone for Richard Sherman. So go ahead, double up, and be ready for that. Go ahead and get yourself Jeff Gladney out of PCU. Finally, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They're returning basically every starter. Not a lot of weaknesses on this team, but where will where will they go with pick 32? If I'm the Chiefs, I'm going to look at cornerback uh, A.J. Terrell out of Clemson here. Um, and this is difficult here. Terrell's had a really – I think too many people are focusing on the national championship game. Yeah, he had a bad game against Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase torched the entire nation – Everybody in the SEC, he would be the number one wide receiver prospect in this draft if he were eligible as a true sophomore. He is just that good. AJ Terrell played years at Clemson, plays specials, so that won't be difficult from right off the bat. He's long, he's lean. If you're the Chiefs, what's the one thing you've got to be able to do? Is just make sure your defense doesn't let the other team score more points. Mm-hmm. You look at the hole they were in in the Super Bowl against the 49ers and that great defense. All you've got to do is give Patrick Mahomes and that offense enough time. They'll get around on it. A.J. Terrell, get yourself another cornerback here. Uh, just help out with that secondary. Um, they learned late last year that they had to switch their linebackers off the field for more line, uh, for more secondary play. The linebackers just weren't capable of doing it. Go ahead and get A.J. Terrell. That's a great pick there. I mean, yeah, the, then the rich will just get richer, I suppose. Could they go running back uh, with pick 32? Could you see a DeAndre Swift perhaps in this position? They could, they could go running back, but I think it works so well with what they've been doing at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, Williams, obviously, you know, with being you know, Super Bowl MVP, you know, the game he had last year, he really, really fits this guy. They drafted another running back last year who didn't get an opportunity. Um, I, I just think for Kansas City, you just go defense here. Um, the biggest problem for Kansas City is going to be manipulating this cap here. Um, you, know, you have Chris Jones. You have, obviously, the homes you're going to have to work out here. I'm sure Travis Kelsey's people aren't too thrilled that, you know, Austin Hooper's the highest paid tight end in the game. You know, obviously, you know, obviously Kittle's people are going to want to get more money. We're going to have to just get creative here with cap space. Great stuff, Jeff. I always appreciate your time. Is there any other final thoughts that you have for this first round? Anything that you are really looking towards? I think just, just the sporting event itself here. Um, look, everybody, I understand you know, what everybody's going through here, and maybe it does feel a little bit disingenuous to get excited for something, but look, we're all sports fans. This is something that's part of our lives every day, and now I believe it was, what, March 12th? Uh, March 12th was the day the sports world stopped. March, March 12th was the last time we had a live pro sporting event. Mm-hmm. So let's, it's okay to enjoy it, and it's going to give you a break here for a couple hours. Thursday night, in a Friday night, in a Saturday. You know, it is mostly the weekend, although everything kind of feels like the weekend right now. Yep. You, yep. Don't, have to, you don't have to feel bad to enjoy this. You know, it, it, God knows what we're going to get after this and when the next thing is we're going to get after this. So there's no reason for, you know, 
five hours, you know, five hours Friday, five hours on, I'm sorry, Thursday and Friday, you know, maybe seven hours on Saturday. There's no reason to feel guilty for enjoying something that you like. Everybody who's home watching Netflix, everybody's watching what they want to watch. There's no reason you should feel guilty for watching something you like, which is live sports. Absolutely. Yeah, this is going to bring joy to a lot of people, hopefully, and it should have monster ratings. Jeff, I always appreciate the time. Enjoy the draft. Uh, hopefully we can chat next week with some reaction to it, but uh, enjoy it. Hopefully Cleveland drafts well for you. Hopefully the Vikings draft well for me. We're both happy when we talk next week, but always appreciate the time. Stay safe, uh, be well, be healthy, and uh, look forward to talk when, talking with you soon. You as well, Nathan. All the best to the family. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Lloyd, second from the Lockdown Browns podcast. He is great. Great, great, great. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, I was doing fairly well with him in my mock draft. Uh, it's still a work in progress. The full, the the exact, the mock draft, the final one, will be released Thursday in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com. But it's it's so tough. When do the wide receivers go? Is someone going to go offensive tackle or wide receiver? Jacksonville is the true wild card, I think, at nine. Um, where they go... That's going to determine a lot of things, perhaps down the road. Uh, we will continue here with our mock draft or NFL draft special, as we always do, uh, dating back to the radio show. We'll have Travis Krenz on here. Who does he like? What's his mock draft looking like? And I'll unveil mine, at least the one that I have in pencil. It's typed up on the computer. We'll see where I have it. We'll see where we go here. That's continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast on this NFL Draft Special. You can find this podcast available on podcast.com. Also, follow me on Facebook, uh, Nathan Stacken. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at ND Stacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Uh, it'll be earlier here, so you can listen to this prior to the draft. Jeff Lloyd, uh, you could follow him on Twitter. It is Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd and then follow Lockdown Browns podcast at Lockdown Browns. More draft talk coming up next here. Travis Krenz joining me. Uh, we have lots to talk about here. It's a sports block podcast NFL mock draft special. Continuing here on the Sports Block podcast, pleased to be joined by my good friend and co-host Travis Krenz here. Uh, Travis, how are you? Happy NFL Draft Week. We have sports to talk about. Here, we're going to pick players uh, from colleges that have played, and uh, that's what they're going to do. It can't be as difficult to do this, but we'll see how they mess it up. Well, it you know we have the you know they had the mock uh, draft the NFL did on Monday, and they you know ran into a couple of snafus early on, but or a couple of glitches, but things seem to work out. It's going to be it's an unprecedented draft, and so how about this, this stacking? Yeah, you you have you we converse on Facebook. You converse with other people on Facebook. How about they just have a big Facebook group? Ooh. With all 32 GMs or whoever the hell else, uh, each team picks their decision maker, and they're all in a group with Roger Goodell on Facebook. And when it's Cincinnati's time, they type in Joe Burrow. And when it's Washington's time, they type in Chase Young. And whoever's up next, they type in the next name. 
How about that? Can we do that? Yeah, that, that's that simple a, enough. Yep, you could have one group with like each team and like the scouts and stuff. You could have one with it. Yeah, I like it. Now you just have to maintain security, but that that seems like it would be a viable solution. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of these like GMs and their. Um, I mean, you've seen some of their uh, setups. They've got yes. This, it, it's ridiculous. I think Spielman, I think, had one had like six screens and one, and he had like four other computers going. Like this, all of this is so unnecessary. So unnecessary. Sometimes simple is the best, and unfortunately, with the NFL, they're not maybe not being simple. I don't know. It's it's truly unprecedented. I don't know, but it's going to be fun. Um, Jeff, uh, like I said, Jeff Lloyd from uh, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast was kind enough to join me earlier. He went through his mock draft. I have to say that I liked a majority of the picks, and I really think that it gets difficult because one team is going to maybe take the position, or there it's you're trying to decide between two positions. I think it really begins at four. Um, with the New York Giants, they could really screw all this up. Now, of course, there are going to be trades in the draft. As we have done ever since we were down in the basement studios at KSDJ in Brookings on South Dakota State University's campus, we are not doing a mock draft with any trades. We are just going by who's slated there now and what team is slated there now and who are they picking. Now, you never know if a team's going to trade up or whatnot, um, but that's how we're going to do it. So uh, with pick number one, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, this should not be any surprise. The only surprise would be if the Miami Dolphins trade up to number one to take him, but it's going to be Joe Burrow, quarterback of LSU. That's who I have. I would assume that's who you have as well. He is as surprising of a first-round pick as, I, as we ever remember. Yep. Can you know, Kyler Murray was a first-round pick, all right. You know, saying, uh, it was an Oklahoma guy for the first time in a while. Baker Mayfield was a first-round pick. All right. Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. Can you, can you imagine if COVID-19 had happened last year? Because it would have been COVID-18 then or if it had started. But anyway, if it had started and would have impacted last year's college football season, we would not have found out. We would not have seen what Joe Burrow could become. We would not have discovered this. Like that is, Just think about that. Think of the impact that that had. On, or not of COVID not being around last year, and Joe Burrow is leaping and he's head and shoulders the first overall pick. It, it, I just thought, I thought about that, and it's just a crazy thing uh, to think about the impact that, or the non-impact that this disease has had, this virus. At two, uh, Washington. What if, yeah. What if, what if Tua doesn't get hurt? Then he gets picked first. Yeah. Then I think it's a I think it's a one A one B. And I think you would see a lot more teams trying to trade up into that slot. I think it becomes far more difficult. I think Burrow would probably get the edge, but um, uh, let's just say this. Burrow had to play as well as he did last year, and Tua had to get hurt for Burrow to be number one overall. If Burrow plays as good as he did last year and Tua plays just as good as he had done in previous years and doesn't get hurt, it's far more of a discussion. But this year, it's, but be, you know, Given everything that's happened, it's not a discussion. This is a, a slam dunk case that Joe Burrow should be number one. Alabama probably makes the playoffs if he doesn't get hurt. Yes. Yep, absolutely. You'd get two SEC teams in there, LSU and Alabama. 
At two, Washington. This another. This guy's probably the best player in the draft. Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State. Uh, entertain Washington was maybe entertaining the thought of taking Tua. Maybe that was just to drive up trade interest. But at the end of the day, it's Chase Young out of Ohio State. He's good. No, he'll be pick number two. Like, is the defensive end ever made, like, a big impact on a team? J.J. Watt, I guess, is the best, you would say. Yep. Um, like, it's a nice thing. Oh, Everson Griffin was great. Dale Hunter's great. Jared Allen was great. The Bolsa like, brothers. Hard, like, making it. The Bolsa brothers are great and all. Meh. I would say and Nick. Obviously, obviously, quarterbacks important. Running backs yep. are not. Offensive line, I guess, is pretty important. Uh, you know, defensive end, it's nice, but it's like, you know, the, it, it's weird. Like, you know, in previous years, we've seen Mario Williams go number one overall. Jadavian Clowney go number one overall. Actually, both of those picks were by the Texans. Uh, weirdly, they did perfectly, they had perfectly and, uh, five careers, but yep. they didn't really make much of a difference. The, Nick Bosa being picked number two last year was... He was very impactful. He was outstanding as a rookie. His brother Joey playing with the Chargers, outstanding. Those are the two that I think are the best examples. That and J.J. Watt, too, but he was picked a little later yeah, on down. But, yeah, I think, think of uh, Joey Bosa with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He's good. You know, nothing wrong with him, but what the, what the hell difference does he make to the Chargers? Uh, I think he's, yeah, I, uh, I think he's. They don't make the playoffs. They, right, but you they, need. Yeah, as I mentioned before, Texans have had playoff years without JJ Watt, and they've had three win seasons with him. Yep. So it's great to have edge rushers and whatever, but I don't know if they make a, a damn bit of difference. Well, maybe Chase or Young. Much of a difference as we think. Maybe Chase Young will break that mold. At three, the Detroit Lions. Who do you have them taking? I think this one, if they don't trade out, is a pretty. I would. I think I, I know where they're headed. I haven't taken the quarterback from Ohio State, but I don't have a pick in here, so I guess I'll say Detroit picks uh, okay. Jeff Okuda, but not in the slot. Okay, so you do, or you do have trades factored in then? If you want well, to, do... I was going to mention that. Okay. I've got Tua going in the slot to Miami. Okay. Okay. That's right. Very interesting. For the Giants, now this is where I think it gets interesting because, uh, and it was, and the only reason I'm starting to rethink my position now is a point that Jeff Lloyd the second made earlier about Dave Gettleman loving linebackers. He loved Luke Keekley in Carolina. Um, I think wherever he was before, he kind of he picked a linebacker. So the offensive tackle seems like it's the biggest need for the Giants. But what if you know? Isaiah Simmons from Clemson just makes that big of an impression on Gettleman that maybe he makes it. Now, with that being said, I am staying with offensive tackle. And one thing I saw that head coach Joe Judge say made a huge impression on me. I think Tristan Wirfs is probably the best offensive tackle in this draft. Him or uh, Anthony uh, Thomas, the offensive... Or Andrew Thomas, excuse me, the offensive tackle from Georgia. But Joe Judge said... In this draft, in the, with how it's going, how it's being played out this year, you're going to probably pick safe versus maybe making more of that risky pick. Well, Joe Judge was with the Patriots, and you know for years, 
And Bill Belichick has a great relationship with Nick Saban at Alabama. So Joe Judge knows Alabama, knows the products. And that's why I am having the Giants take Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle from Alabama, at four. I don't know if he's the best offensive tackle, but I think because Joe Judge knows Alabama, he's going to make the safe pick. Yeah, I mean, you could pick any of these tackles, but there's like five of them that are going to go here in the first, you know, 20 or so. Um, I've got the Iowa guy going here worse. Um, I would pick Isaiah Simmons if I were the Giants because their defense sucks. But uh, they need an offensive line for their terrible quarterback as well. And their great running back. Yeah, so because um, I'm going to go tackle, they need to go any one of them. Worf, I guess, is the guy I've seen. Uh, I've seen like all the guys mm-hmm. uh, projected here. I'm just going to go with him since so I've seen him the most. Yeah, I mean, uh, top three picks I think are pretty pretty solid. Yep. And then at number four, it's like it's going to be an offensive lineman. Just don't know who. Exactly. Exactly right. Or, you know, like I say, if they pick Simmons, then that could really uh, make a change here. At five with the Dolphins. Now, I, you said that you have Tua going here to the Dolphins, but there's been a growing amount of chatter about how much they like Justin Herbert. I think the injury concerns with Tua are just getting too strong. I have Justin Herbert going fifth overall to the Dolphins, the quarterback from Oregon. I don't think he's going to be any good at all. I've got him going number six to the Chargers. Um, I don't think he'll be any good. I like Burrow. Uh, I like Tua. That would be it as far as good quarterbacks, I think, in this draft. I usually don't like any quarterbacks, one or two at the most. I like the top two. I don't think Herbert's going to be good at all. If Tua doesn't get picked by the Dolphins or the Chargers, he is going to have a massive slide into the 20s. He won't get past 24, but this will... Somebody somebody will trade up. Uh, New England, uh, New Orleans, Carolina, Arizona. I mean, Jacksonville should. I mean, Jacksonville at nine (laughs) should take him. You mean that you don't like mustache magic and Gardner Minshew? He's great. He's great, but, you know, I wouldn't play two of this. I would not play him. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's a great point. Uh, with the Chargers at six, so you have Herbert you going. The Bay at fourteen. If you're Tampa at fourteen, why would you not? I know you're trying to win the whole thing now. Yeah, because you got Gronk. Damn. Did you hear that? They they they're trading for yeah. Gronk. Gronk's coming out of retirement. What a, what a crock that is. Uh, I have two. I mean, yeah. You know, Denver at fifth. I mean, uh, I think a lot of teams could pull the trigger here. If you're Dallas, why wouldn't you pick him? If you're Dallas at seventeen. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to pay the quarterback you have? All right. Yep. And have him play for one more year and uh, move on. Uh, I have Tua going to the Chargers. Now, uh, head coach uh, Anthony Lynn has been steadfast in his praise for Tyrod Taylor and saying that he is that quarterback. So, um, I, mean, I, I, I think I think this is a smokescreen, and the Chargers need to sell tickets in the worst way because their move to L.A. has been such a flop. It's It was a bad decision from the get-go. 
They need a star there. An offensive tackle is not going to do that. So they need a splash, and Tua would provide that splash. So I have Tua going six to the Chargers. Uh, How many times do we got to put a football team in that town before we figure out it doesn't matter? I mean, uh, I don't know. Turner's going to be there in ten years. I hope not, but probably because they'll have there'll be tenants in uh, in Stan Kroenke's building. San Diego will, uh, you know, San Diego uh, build a new stadium in St. Louis, do something. Like, there's no reason to have two teams in L.A. And there's no reason to really have any teams in L.A. because they don't care. Yep. Nope, that agreed, and they're gonna the the home field advantage or lack thereof will be astounding. Just like with the with the Raiders in Vegas, there's gonna be a lot of opposing teams fans at that stadium. I don't think Oakland's gonna draw or well, did I say Oakland? Oh, there's just some there's something in the fine bucket. I called them Oakland. Uh, I don't think the Raiders are gonna draw in Vegas as well as what they would hope in terms of having that home crowd advantage. Seven with the Panthers. This seems like a pretty big slam dunk to me. Um, I have defensive tackle Derek Brown from Auburn going here. They lost one of their defensive tackles in free agency this year. Uh, they were terrible against the uh, the rushing game last year. I think they were fifth worst on defense against stopping the run. I saw that on Red Zone the other day. So give me Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn here at 7. I still have Isaiah Simmons out there, so he's going to go to Carolina. They don't have Luke Keekley anymore, so... Uh, he fell to seven. Uh, Great point. Great point there. Speaking of Isaiah Simmons, that's uh, his slide ends at eight. He's not going to fall past eight to the Cardinals. The Cardinals will take Isaiah Simmons. Uh, the, you know what? Maybe talk about them taking a wide receiver like a Jerry Judy or a C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma to pair with Kyler Murray, but with the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I don't see that happening. Give me Isaiah Simmons, 8 to Arizona. Can we have uh, your uh, tackle from Alabama go here? Willis okay. at 8 to protect their quarterback. Uh, I could also see if they don't do that. Derek Brown here as well. Mm-hmm. And Derek Brown going and the next pick to Jacksonville. So we're all, we have a lot of different picks, but we're all around the same. Okay, so you have Derek Brown going to Jacksonville at 9. Jacksonville, I think, can go a number of different ways. They could go quarterback if they really wanted to. Wide receiver, they just released Marquise Lee. Uh, They could go defensive tackle because they got rid of Calais Campbell. Or they could go cornerback because, I mean, they've shipped out just about everyone there. They they need to go everywhere because they're not very good. No, I think they're going to be the worst team in the league this year. Just... my, that's the initial thought. And now they're trying to ship out Leonard Fournette, and Yannick Ngakwe is on the trading block as well. So they need help everywhere. They could go corner here. Uh, A.J. Humphrey from Florida is a possibility here, but I will give them Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina. Who did A.J. who? Uh, no, I said A.J. Humphrey, the cornerback from Florida, could go here. Henderson. Hender- did I say Humphrey? Oh my gosh! Henderson. Yes, Henderson. Well, yeah, no, and I, yeah, even have him listed. Well, another—that's another, that's another uh, thing in the fine bucket then for me. You got uh, <laughs> a cornerback going to Jacksonville. Yes, I—I I have no. I have a defensive tackle. I have Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle okay. from South Carolina. So we are in the same position uh, here, just a different, a different player. Than you, yeah. Yep. You got Derek Brown going a few spots before that. Yep. 
right. So, 10, Cleveland. Yep. Who, who do you have the Browns taking? Becton, the tackle from Louisville. Big old summer gun. Um, yeah, that's what I've got. I have Tristan Wirfs going here, the offensive tackle from Iowa. Um, we are pretty much like right in the same ballpark with a lot of these picks here. Uh, I'll be curious to see the latter half of our first round mock, how that goes. Uh, we, we know the position, we just don't know who. Yep. The Jets at 11 could go a couple of different ways. Uh, wide receiver is certainly a possibility, like Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs third. Because they did lose Robbie Anderson here, but they also need to protect their franchise and Sam Darnold. And because it's such a rich wide receiver class, I think they're going to go offensive line here. And you just gave this guy to the Browns. I'm going to give the Jets Mekhi Becton the offensive tackle from Louisville. I can see Andrew Thomas going here, but I'm going to give him C.D. Lamb. Give that quarterback Weapon. somebody to throw that uh, would make the Raiders unhappy because at 12, Las Vegas, I'm giving them C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma. There's been a lot of talk that you know they, they're really infatuated with him. I think both Mike Mayock, the GM, and head coach John Gruden love this guy. I think they would take a Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs III if they really needed to, but I think their prize prospect in this is C.D. Lamb. So I have Lamb going to the Raiders at 12. I had Henry Ruggs going here because he's fast, but I switched him and Jerry Judy. I got Jerry Judy going to the Raiders at 12 because C.D. Lamb goes just ahead It's amazing how our mocks are lining up because 13, I have Jerry Judy going to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they lost Emmanuel Sanders. They don't have much outside of Debo Samuel. You need to give Jimmy Garoppolo another weapon. Got to go wide receiver here if they don't trade down. I go uh, Henry Ruggs, fast as hell. <laughs> Unbelievable here how we're doing. Uh, Tampa Bay at 14 here. Who do you like the Buccaneers taking? There's always those spots like deeper in the draft where like everybody's got the same player going to this team, and this is what Andrew Thomas. I they've got Andrew Thomas going tackle from Georgia going here. Like every mock draft I've seen has him going here. And <clears throat> so you have Andrew Thomas then too. You're going with the mocks. I'm going with that, that number 14. It was like uh, one of the Pounties was going to Pittsburgh there years ago, like yep. 20-something. Like, they're all because they needed the center, and he was the guy. So, yeah. I, too, have Andrew Thomas going 14 to the Bucks because you need to protect old man Brady. Uh, so, there we go. Good so, good so far. Denver at 15. Um you had this guy going a couple of picks earlier. I'm giving him to Denver. Give Drew Locke a, another weapon. Give me Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver from Alabama. I have them taking my favorite receiver in this draft, Justin Jefferson from Louisiana State. Very good. Uh, and that is a name, Justin Jefferson, that I, I have seen, I think, in the Golik and Wingle mock draft. The, the Broncos selected him. And, yes, I if – if the Vikings were to somehow get uh, Jefferson, I would absolutely love it. Um, but he seems to be climbing up pretty high. So that's uh, – we have the Broncos giving another offensive weapon to Drew Locke. So that's the key in all this. I don't care who the Vikings pick, but I would want him over anybody. Sure. And I am totally fine with that. Um 
16 in Atlanta. Atlanta could go a couple of different ways here on defense. They could go defensive end. Maybe you see him go linebacker. I don't think that's the case, but their secondary is a mess. They just lost um, uh, Trufant in the offseason, so they're going to go cornerback here. And if he doesn't go beforehand, I'm going to give them C.J. Henderson, the cornerback from Florida. That's who I have going here. We are in agreement. Good. We are in agreement. Two of the last three picks, and we're really not off on any so far. Then it gets interesting because the Cowboys at 17 – I could see them going wide receiver, provide another offensive weapon for Dak Prescott. Uh, Because outside of Amari Cooper, who do the Cowboys really have? I mean, it's just not great. Um, I suppose they they have that guy from SMU, or was he? Um, Anyway, I can't even remember right now, so that tells you how great he's been for them. I, I just think the Cowboys could go wide receiver here, but they also need help in the secondary. And it's a flip-flop between two SEC safeties here. Either uh, Andrew McKinney, or Xavier McKinney, excuse me, the safety from Alabama, or Grant Delpit, safety from LSU. I'm going to go McKinney, but uh, Jeff Lloyd very high on Delpit. He thinks he's the best safety in this class. I think it's between him and McKinney. I'm going to give McKinney the slight edge but it would not surprise if Delpit goes here or a wide receiver for the Cowboys. Or maybe they go defensive line. They could go a number of different ways. Why does why why Dallas always hit secondary guys? Because uh, they don't pay them. Apparently not. I got uh, defensive end LSU. Calavion Kaysen? Yep. Kale- yep. Calavion Kaysen. Yep. Uh, that's a, he's a great pick there, too. Um I have a little bit, uh, I maybe had a slight favoritism in where I, I slotted him because he could certainly go at, he could certainly go at 17. The Cowboys certainly need some defensive line help. I think this is where he, uh, this is the highest that he goes, I think. He, it's 17 and then down into the mid-20s, I think, for him. Uh, 18, the Dolphins making their second selection. Uh, they need help on the offensive line to protect their quarterback, whoever that may be, Tua or uh, Justin Herbert. And they will take jo- uh, where is it here? Josh, Josh Jones, offensive tackle from Houston. Yeah, I've got him going here too. I think that is the end here pretty much uh, for a while of these offensive tackles. So I've got him going here to 18, eight to three picks. How'd they get these picks? Uh, they they traded uh, Laramie Tunsil. And Kenny Stills to the Texans for their first-round pick. And they traded Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers for a first-round pick. That's how they have three picks. And they have the Texans' first-round pick in 2021. So, good job, Texans. Good job. Good job, Miami. Yeah, good job by Miami. Because somehow they won four games last year. And, uh, I mean, they have a a ton of picks. I heard something interesting. If they would have started Josh Rose in the entire season, would they be picking number one? Hmm. What's Cincinnati with? Three games? Uh, two games. Well, oh, that, that's, that's did tough. Did they play Miami? They did play Miami. Yep, and Miami won that game. Well, that was, that's, that's basically true. your tiebreaker right there. Yep. Ah, uh, I, um, could, I could see that. I, I, yeah, yep. That... But they had to uh, start uh, Fitzpatrick to win a couple games. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, but in Miami, 
in Jacksonville sucking next year for the Clemson dude. Oh yeah. Hey, I would I would wouldn't mind tanking for Trevor and losing for Lawrence myself. <laughs> uh at 19, the Raiders, they could go in a couple of different ways here. Uh, I think it's going to be on defense. They're going to want some speed. So Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU here, could make sense. They do need some secondary help. So again, that Grant Delpit from LSU or a cornerback in this case. But they need a linebacker as well. And so, you know, the, the, the AFC West has great tight ends. Whether that be you know Travis Kelsey at Kansas City, you have Hunter Henry with the Chargers, Noah Fant with the Broncos. You got to cover those guys and the backs coming out of the backfield too. Whether that be Austin Eckler or you know Josh Jacobs, uh, Damian Williams. So give me Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma here, going 19 to the Raiders. I've got. Javon Kenlaw, the tackle, defense tackle from South Carolina. It's probably a little low for him. He'll mm-hmm. probably go much higher than 19. At 20. So that's the, one guy that maybe slipped for me. Mm hmm. But, uh, go, you know, a little higher than 19. Yeah, I think, I think Simmons would fall, you know, f- like four or five spots if he doesn't get taken by the, the Lions at three or the Giants at four. And then it would be, yeah, Kinlaw could see the biggest drop in addition to Tua if no one trades up for him or he doesn't go to the Chargers at six. The Jaguars making a second selection in the first round. Uh, Again, wide receiver's a possibility, but I think they're going to go secondary help here if they don't take C.J. Henderson at at number nine. So you could give them a number of different cornerbacks here. A.J. Terrell from Clemson. You could go Christian Fulton from LSU. I'm going to give them Stefan's younger brother. Give the Trayvon Diggs, a cornerback from Alabama, going 20 to Jacksonville. Give him Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama, at 20. Okay, very good. Uh, any particular reason why you have him going safety over corner? They need everything. I mean, <laughs> they need everything. Good. I have taken Derek Brown the first time around. I mean, they can just pick a bunch of defense guys this entire draft. They're just... They, they, I mean, their, defense, their defense was so good there a couple of years ago. Remember when they almost won the Super Bowl and when they almost got to the Super Bowl? Yep. Yep. And, uh, now, now they're out. So. They, they have, uh, the Dolphins have the most draft capital in this draft this year. They have 14 picks, but if you look at the, the value, the, the, the high picks that they have in these early rounds, you know, three in the first round, the Dolphins clearly win that. I think it's the Jaguars, and then the Vikings are kind of coming in in the in the top four here. So the, the Jaguars have 12 picks, the Vikings have 12 picks. So you could see a lot of movement by these teams to yeah. get uh, to get their players because they have that capital to work with. Or you know, like in the case of the Vikings and the purge on defense, you could see them using these picks to go with the younger players. They are coming. Like, up. I would love, I would love the Vikings like just to trade down and just get a boatload of, just pick like four or five guys here in the top fifty. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I wouldn't mind a couple mind. of corners, of an offensive lineman, a receiver, a defense. You get you know five guys where they got one second round pick. If you could you know move back a couple spots here, pick up uh, another couple uh, mid round picks, and then use those to. To get back to maybe the second round and just hit it hard yep. there. Within the top. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind trying to get a second round pick 
in next year's draft or a first rounder in next year's draft. I wouldn't. I think that would be that would be just fine with me, but we'll see what the Vikings do. They do have two picks coming up here. At 21, the Eagles, it sounds like Alshon Jeffrey, they're trying to shop him. He is older and uh, broken Carson Wentz needs as many targets to throw to as he can and the wide receivers last year, you know, due to injury just decimated this team. So they got to get younger at the position. This is where I have your favorite wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, going. Wide receiver from LSU. I'm taking the Arizona State guy, Brandon Ayok. Oh, okay. That's a... Because I got all these receivers gone already. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with Minnesota coming up, I don't like who I picked for number 22. Who do you have them taking at 22? Uh, Penn State defensive end, Gross Matos. I don't dare. I I hope I hope no, no. I hope they don't go that route either. Um, and this is where my I really know I, I, the, the Colorado receiver intrigues me. Mm-hmm. I don't want the TCU guy. No, uh, I don't either. How about uh, T Higgins from Clemson? No, he's another. I mean, Clemson usually uh, their receivers usually work out. But he seems like you know big dude, obviously. How about Denzel Mims from Baylor? No, I don't want Baylor. Dude, all, all my receivers that I would want are gone, so mm-hmm. I'm leaving receiver. I want, I'll take the Minnesota guy, like in the, in the second or third Tyler round, Johnson. I guess. Yep, Tyler Johnson. Um, you know, I got him a quarterback with their second first round pick. I go corner here or defensive end. There's really no lineman. Austin Jackson, a tackle from USC, maybe, but. First defensive end, but you've got the, the LSU guy going here. I do, I do, and this is my favorite. I, I shouldn't do this. I, I should have just played it how the draft will work out, and I, I do think Clavon uh, um, uh, Chason will probably go to Dallas. I think that's a viable pick right there for him, but it, Daniil Hunter worked out so well for the Vikings, or has worked out so well. I think that they might try going back into the well one more time for the LSU defensive ends. So if he's there, and I'm only doing, I'm merely t- saying this that if the Vi- if he's there at 22, I think the Vikings take him. Uh, they'll eat him up right away. I don't think they would take the Penn State guy at 22. Um, I think I mean you might not. There's an Iowa defensive end that maybe that J um, A J Espinosa. I don't think they would go that route either. I think you would probably go cornerback or wide receiver at 22 if. Clavon Chason is not there, but I will. Uh, I'll give. I'll give the LSU defensive end to the Vikings at twenty-two. It's. Uh, I mean, defensive end. It's not a good draft, I don't think, for defensive ends. You got Chase Young, and then after that, I mean, you know, we're we're kind of scratching the clock. Yeah, unlike last year, yeah. where the defensive line was big. So, who did you have the Vikings taking at twenty-two? Ben Saint Oh yeah. Don't feel good about it. Uh, man, maybe uh, wouldn't mind the Iowa guy. But at twenty-three, then the intrigue with the Patriots. No Tom Brady this year. Do they go quarterback? They they had a lot of guys leave to go to South Beach, like Rob Ninkovich, linebacker. Who do you have the Patriots selecting at twenty-three? It's not a good linebacker draft either. Oh, I have them going with Kenny, uh, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Okay. I have them going linebacker as well. I have them taking Patrick Queen from LSU. Yeah, Patrick huh? Queen, 
mean, good linebacker draft. No, I mean, it's uh, it's a receiver and offensive line tackle draft. It appears. Mm-hmm. I mean, cornerbacks, linebackers, no. Defensive ends, no. So at, interesting. At twenty-four, here it is, Krenz. This is the. Um... This is I think, here. I think this is the 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 stack and draft nugget uh, draft uh, extraordinaire of the of the year. We've had Brandon Whedon, we've had Eric Ebron, we've had Ezekiel Elliott in the past. We're going Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State at twenty four. Yeah, that's what I've got here too. Yes, he, he didn't. He wasn't good this year. I mentioned him at the beginning of the year. He had a good uh, sophomore year. I think he's a junior. The weapons he weren't here, well. though. He got rid of, he, uh, lost some guys, lost an offense coordinator, and he's one of those, you know, big, strong-armed dudes that I just don't like because they just usually don't work out. So, uh, time to sit in behind old uh, face uh, birthmark guy and then... Drew um, <laughs> Brees and Casey uh, Hill. Apparently, uh, you know, we, we were... Couple months removed from Taysom Hill being the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. Boy, what a what a slow news cycle we were in there when we were saying Taysom Hill, he's going to be the next franchise quarterback. Well, yeah, we, the, uh, the Saints going here. I mean, they're in they're in a win now mode. So mm-hmm. this is uh, probably Breeze's last year before he, he left, before but, he heads uh, to NBC. I heard this. I mean, if, if they want to do something now to help them now, I mean, they can take, you know, we'll, you know, we'll figure out who they can take here. But, uh, you know, we got both uh, quarterbacks going here. I, ha- I heard something on Golik and Wingo uh, this week when they were doing their mock draft. They had the Saints, uh, um, someone from the Saints, either like the ESPN station down there, or just someone who covers the Saints. He said that the Saints were poised to take. Patrick Mahomes, Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes at 11. If the oh. Chiefs hadn't snagged him and traded up to 10 to get him. So, apparently this is a uh, this has been stuck in uh in Sean Payton's craw for a little while. So, if Jordan Love the comparisons have been there that they say this could be a Patrick Mahomes like quarterback. Now that's that's a lot of pressure to put on someone. I mean, you're you know trying to live up to a Hall of Famer status, but if that's the case, I think Jordan Love. This is he does not go past 24 to the Saints. That is my bold prediction for this draft. He's going to either be taken 23 or 24, either by the Patriots or by the Saints. But I I, I have him going to the Saints here. Um, I think he's a. Josh Allen, Colin Kaepernick, not very good quarterback. Okay, I think the ceiling with him is the highest out of any quarterback in this draft. And I say, I think they're just they they they're they're better than everybody else by large. They do, but they're but they're they're already at such a high level. Like how much higher will they possibly go? I think I think the the potential with Love is so much greater. There, there's such a larger gap in in terms of the bottom to the top than there is with either Tua or um, or Joe Burrow. I, I I 
just I think that's the case here with with Jordan Love. I think he's got a. Let's see here. He completed an ungodly fifty-four percent of his passes last year. He dropped ten percent. Sixty all. I'm looking at the chart. But that's because of the talent. The lack of talent around him had a large. Uh, it was a large reason for that. I guess he was at sixty-four percent two years ago. He was at sixty-one, sixty-two. Now just the interceptions. He went from thirty-two touchdowns to twenty. He went from six interceptions to seventeen. I mean, that is worrisome to me. Yeah, I remember you were high on him at the beginning. I was like, okay, I don't know if I can quite buy in. And it feels like we've kind of switched uh, positions. Yeah, let, me say, let me say that. I mean, if you look at him uh, two years ago, he had 32 touchdowns, six interceptions, very good, uh, 64% of his passes, good. And then look at him, can he make a jump up? He went backwards. Like, I don't like that. I mean, you got to... I want to see improvements throughout the year. This, this was not this was not a good year for him. I mean, Christ. If if they t- if the Vikings 20. took him at twenty two or twenty five, I would be very stoked. Yeah, we got off now. If they did that, I mean, are you are you thinking that the future is Jake Browning? Like we're they gave him an extension, so we're what four years away from even having to worry. About. I think three years. Oh, yeah, he'd have three years left. Yeah, this year they got three after that. So whatever dreams we had of getting a quarterback, we're three years from having to even worry about that. Aaron Aaron Rodgers was drafted by the Packers and sat on the bench for two years behind Brett Favre. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, they just have too many holes to fill to waste a pick on a quarterback. If you're going to pick a quarterback, then you're going to have to trade up. Uh, to get somebody worth the dollar, like Tua. They picked him, I'd be excited. But you, you're, you're locked into a quarterback now for the next three to four years. Right. Uh, speaking of those Vikings, at 25, uh, with their second pick, and the, their rightfully slotted pick, because the, 20, the 22nd pick was the pick they got from Buffalo. So 25 in the Stephon Diggs trade. So in uh, at 25, who do you have them taking. I've been taking the TCU quarterback Jeff Gladney. That's what I have going here. Okay. Um, I have them going with Christian Fulton from LSU. Okay. I, I'm going two defensive players from LSU here. I, and I think that the, the cornerback from TCU is a great uh, pick here if they go that route. I guess I'm fine with that. I don't He's the, the prototypical, I guess, uh, cornerback for Mike Zimmer's, uh, you know, defensive style. Um, but I think Fulton here could be a, a very good pick as well. I do not have him going yet, but that'd be fine with me. At 26, the Miami Dolphins with their third and final selection here. Who do you have them taking? So another slot where it seems like everybody has a running back going here and the uh, Georgia guy DeAndre Swift so you are the Dolphins you need everything and uh, probably only running back if, if he doesn't go here there's probably again uh, no running backs taken which has happened uh, a couple times recently I, I've been debating about this I think they could go running Jonathan Taylor yep they, they, I could see them going running back here or they could help bolster the offensive line Again, 
And I have them right now slotted to take Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle from USC. That gives you two bookend offensive tackles I think could really help them. Uh, You could get a Jonathan Taylor or maybe a DeAndre Swift, maybe a J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State early in the second round. He's my guy. Yeah. Christ. Watch him play? How the hell he? How how is he like, you know, we'll see where he goes, but how is he not like, yeah, this is the best guy? Yeah. Like, what? Yep. So... I, I, I certainly could see him going running back here. I and th- I'm gonna get to give them the offensive tackle from USC. I think that's a, a possibility here. At twenty seven yeah, go sorry. But the Vikings and who's who's their backup that's okay. Running back. Uh no it, Madison. Madison's good. What what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I like him. If we didn't have him, I'd be like, yes, send a third round pick or whatever on Dobbins, because you know yeah. other dude's gonna get hurt, so would you, yeah, if we have Madison, I'd be all up, up, up and down. Would you, uh, would you give uh, Jonathan Taylor a look? No, we, we don't need running backs. I mean, at this point. We got Madison. We got is Abdullah on the team. Yeah, I mean, we, yes. got, we got a couple <laughs> Boone, guys. Boone, Abdullah. Yeah, we, we, we got a lot of guys. Uh, we're fine as long as uh, Cook doesn't get hurt. The Seattle Sea Chicks, I mean Seahawks, at twenty-seven. Who do you like the the Seahawks taking? Seattle, I got them taking Austin Jackson, offensive tackle, USC. Okay, I have them taking. I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. Like they could use a running back. They always need a running back. Mm-hmm. They took Rashad Penny in this uh, slot a couple of years ago, or was yeah, right he, around. He, he, okay. uh, I have them taking Yatir Gross Matos, the defensive yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Penn State, because uh, if they don't resign Clowney, you're probably going to need someone on that defensive line. The guy from Iowa, AJ Espinosa, also could be uh, a pick here. Um, the Baltimore Ravens then at 28, they could go a couple of different directions. Who do you like them uh, taking? Uh, Ravens very good. Uh, Christian Fulton, I got that quarterback from LSU. I might switch him. Before we do another one tomorrow, I might switch him to the Vikings because I maybe prefer him. He's still there. So, so I'm sorry. Who did you who did you say now? Christian Fulton. Oh, okay. Going to the oh, yes. Okay. I like that. I got to go to the Baltimore, but I might switch that by tomorrow. I like him probably better um, to the Vikings. So yeah, he's still out there, 28. I have. The, the Ravens taking Zach Bond, the linebacker defensive end from Wisconsin. So, uh, that's who we have there. At 29, then the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they lost Jack Conklin. I think they would take an offensive tackle if he was there. Uh, they've been talked, uh, they've been mentioned in the Jadavian Clowney uh, sweepstakes. Who do you like the Titans taking at 29? Yes, and that's who I have taken too. Amazing. We have the same pick there at 29, A.J. Terrell. Uh, the Packers at 30 uh, could go a couple of different ways. I think either wide receiver or uh, maybe some more secondary help. Maybe linebacker. They could maybe take Zach Bond uh, because they lost two of their linebackers in the offseason here. I think they both signed with the Giants. Um Oddly enough, who do you like the Packers taking at thirty? Seems like another spot where there's a receiver I see all the time. I got the Baylor guy Denzel Mims 
I mean, uh, you need to get your quarterback some help because mm-hmm. whether he's, you know, on the decline or what, I mean, they're, it's one of those things that they just don't, I guess, feel that they need to help him because yep. he's so great. But uh, you, you kind of need a little something. I think Denzel Mims would be a great pick for them here. Um, I have T. Higgins in this spot, the wide receiver from Clemson, but I certainly could see Denzel Mims being the pick here. And then we get to our final two. San Francisco at 31. Uh, really could go anywhere because yep. they don't have any needs. They could go anywhere. They could. And who do you have them taking? Ross Blacklock. Defensive tackle, TC. Okay. They got rid of Buckner, right? Yes, yep. Buckner. Yep. And mm-hmm. you guys think they can also go offensive line here with Joe Staley. I think he's in the last year of his deal, so they can go offensive line here. I've got him, Henry Ruggs. They both got receivers the first time around, so uh, they, can, they, can, they can do anything they want because they're uh, very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can just use depth here. I have them taking... Uh, you know, maybe the next Richard Sherman. Uh, you had this guy going a couple of picks earlier. I have Jeff Gladney uh, going here, yeah. the cornerback from TCU, San Francisco. And that leaves us with the defending Super Bowl champions with the Hall of Fame quarterback, the Kansas City Chiefs, at 32. They could go cornerback here. I think Gladney would be a, a selection here, or you know A.J. Terrell, someone, if, if they slide that far. Or they could add another weapon to for Patrick Mahomes and you could you had him going at 26 to the Dolphins. I have him going here at 32. Give me DeAndre Swift, the running back from Georgia. Like, I don't think they need any more offense. They, they're, they're pretty loaded on that. They got a lot of pieces. They do, um, but why? They did have there's Sean a, Murray there, playing. There is a, a rumor out there that they're, they want to trade up for Henry Ruggs. Oh, that'd be fantastic. How great would that be? That'd be great. Yeah. How are you going to stop all that speed? Seriously. Well, probably not. I've got Diggs going here. Okay. That's what I've got here. That was about as even of a first round that we've ever done, I think. Pretty close. Yeah, we didn't really have a whole lot of similar. We had, uh, what, maybe six. Had the quarterback going to the Saints. Mm Mm-hmm. We had uh, uh, we had Andrew Thomas going 14. We had C.J. Henderson going 16 to the Falcons. Um, Swift go 26 to Miami. Yep, I, I, had, I had him going 32 to Kansas City. Uh, we have the Patriots taking a linebacker at 23. It's just a, a different linebacker. Um, when I look at my draft here, the, the big turning point here for me, I mean, I need two to go to... Either go to Miami at five or go with the third spot to Miami, whatever. Mm-hmm. The Jets, I've yeah. got, I mean, I think a lot of, I think the Jets, with the offensive line, mm-hmm. I'm taking receiver, though. I think that's the big turning point for me. I think if the Jets take a wide receiver at 11, then you're going to start seeing teams trade up to get ahead of Denver, to get ahead of San Francisco. if Because San, San Francisco wants the picks. I think 13 is going to be where you start to see if if the Jets go wide receiver here. And maybe the 49ers will trade out regardless of what happens with the Jets. But the Raiders are going to take a wide receiver. And it's just a matter of if it's CeeDee Lamb or if it's you know Judy or if it's Henry Ruggs. 
Denver really wants a wide receiver. So if the Jets take a wide receiver and Vegas takes a wide receiver, then another team is going to have to jump Denver unless Denver trades up with San Francisco to ensure that they get a wide receiver. That's the key, I think, in all of this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there'll, there'll be trades. It'll be exciting to see what this looks like. Um, I mean, things just got out of hand. I mean, we're, we're going to different cities and we're having you know, 100,000 people in downtown Nashville watching players get picked. And like, geez, great, right? great, great. Well, not that. You, you love it, but... Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it should be fine. Um, this is not tough, like I said, numerous times. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I got a couple quarterbacks here. You have some intrigue with Jordan Love in New England and New Orleans where you uh, pick a guy. So, it's, uh, you, got, you got some storylines. You got uh, something to look forward to here. Yes, yes we do. And it's great that there's something to talk about here sports related. Before we say so long, I do I have want to... one, one final draft point here. Yes. Uh, we would like Antoine Winfield Jr. We oh, would want we would. him. Yes, and Tyler Johnson. I don't think we're going to get both. And I think it, they get one, and I think it's likely to be Johnson. Could you get Antoine Winfield in the second round and Johnson in the third round? Is that... You could. You could. I think they would have to trade up in the second round, though, to get uh, Antoine Winfield. But if they wanted to trade Anthony Harris, you would recoup a second round pick. If that's, I don't. I would hope they wouldn't do it. But Antoine Winfield Jr. Would, would be great. I want Winfield and Harris on the team this year, and then I, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand getting rid of Diggs. I don't understand wanting to get rid of Anthony Harris. Mm-hmm. He was an undrafted guy from Virginia, and now he's become the best safety. And so you have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. You do. I just don't. I just don't understand what they're doing now. Yep. I just don't get it. I would agree with that. Um, I, I don't understand why he would be on the train dead block, or like on the chopping block, especially after they franchise tagged him. But maybe that's the whole reason. To do so, I hope they would keep him. They didn't re-sign anyone in the secondary, so you would anticipate. No, and, and, that, and really, there really wasn't anybody worth signing. You look at where they went and what they got paid. It was time to clean house. Well, Xavier Rhodes just fell off a cliff the last three years. Yes. Trey Wayne's, Mackenzie Alexander, they just didn't. These are first-round guys that just did not develop. Yep. I mean, Xavier Rhodes was great there when he was great. I, and and, and Wayne's, Wayne's got better, but they were, I would consider those two busts. So. Yeah, I think the, the Vikings are going to go cornerback or secondary help heavy, like early and often. Um, but the Vikings are in an intriguing spot because where they're at at 22 and 25, they have holes to fill on the offensive line and at wide receiver and at secondary and on defensive line. They can go a number of different ways. I, I hope I'm not disappointed by their two picks on Thursday night because I, I don't think they can get it wrong, but I would not... I don't want Gross Mattis. I, don't, I, I just don't really want him, so I would hope they would go a different direction than that. I would hope they wouldn't reach for an offensive tackle. Um, if Andrew Thomas somehow fell to them, I would be ecstatic. I don't think that's going to happen, but... 
I, I don't want them to forget about the offensive line because while it got better, I mean, Riley Reese, you gotta get rid of him. You gotta do something with him. You gotta get rid of him or get somebody to replace him. So you got a couple of decent offensive linemen, but again, that's been a big weakness mm-hmm. here. And I mean, it's, they got a lot, a lot of holes, a lot of holes to fill. So, yeah, it's hard to go wrong. I don't want a Penn State guy like you. They need a receiver. We know what they need, so mm-hmm. just a matter of and it's a it's a deal where they can you know really take best available. Yep. They can, if somebody slides, they can take them. It's, yep. There was an article today. It was like you know, it, it usually doesn't work out when you draft for need versus I mean you just take, you just take the best guy and if he pans out, then you're sitting pretty no matter uh, what position he's at. Yes. Yep, but the Vikings do have that flexibility, and Rick Spielman's been a very good GM. He's been a very good picker of talent uh, outside of Laquan Treadwell in the quarterback position. But he's hit; uh, they've hit a lot of home runs with their draft picks, uh, whether that be Everson Griffin in the fourth round, Stephon Diggs in the fifth round. I mean, think what the think about the the value that they just got for Diggs. They drafted him in the fifth round. They get a first, a fifth, and a sixth round this year, and a fourth next year for a guy they drafted in the fifth round. I mean that's incredible value that they got in return. Um, so they've, they've not some they have not done well as draft receivers. Right. High. Right. And that's, and that's why I'm outside of Jefferson. I am timid about a T. Higgins or anybody else. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they just have not been able to. These receivers have all been late round guys, so I'm okay waiting on a receiver. I'll have to dig deeper into what receivers are available here. That uh, might be around later on that I've heard of. Where do, where do you think Chase Vinatieri is going to get drafted if he gets drafted at all? He ain't going to get drafted. Okay. He'll, where, he'll never play. Where's he? No, 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 no. He's, He's never gonna, I, I feel like we have this discussion every year about no, some guy it, you're very excited about. No. I'm like, he's never going to play in the league. Yeah, like, Aaron Christian, like, Aaron Christian. Yeah. Like he's never going to play in the league. I think back there, God is still around, but I, I mean, they're not going to get anybody. Who's, who's, the, who's the linebacker? Oh, uh, 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 Rose, Rose yep, bro, Christian Roseboom. Yep. Like he's not going to get drafted, but he'll be. Uh, he'll go to some camp, and hopefully, he can make a practice squad. Chase Vinatieri. Yeah, he's gonna, like he, he just he wasn't any good this year. Another guy he's like, know. all right, he's got a name, so he'll get a chance. But then he wasn't good this year. Like, yep. So he shouldn't get. <laughs> There. I suppose he'll get a chance because of his uncle, but he probably won't ever. Oh, they're ever playing a preseason game. I don't, just, I don't know. Consider the source, but uh, Todd McShay of ESPN has him as the fifth best pros- uh, kicking prospect. Well, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I've seen him. And uh, again, Todd McShay, I don't look at him. I don't look him up because when you say, "Yeah, shithead from Minnesota quarterback," yep. going to be a first round pick. And you say that yep. based on. Nothing other than his weight and size. Then I just then you're done. You're done. I, you're dead to me. I don't take anything you say seriously when you're supposed to be a professional at this. And this is literally your job is to evaluate college players. What was the dumb shit's name? You were so Mitch Leidner. Mitch Leidner. Yeah, Mitch Leidner. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can watch. You can watch one game of his. You can watch a half of Mitch Leidner and understand. No, he's not even. He's a terrible. College quarterback. I I will say this. I think. Terrible stack, and he saw more than I did. Yes, he was very bad. He was fucking awful. 
Yeah, it was very surprising to see him being projected as a first-round pick, a late first-round pick. Daddy got now, though. Daddy got now. What is he? Is he a senior? Tanner Morgan will be a junior. He might. Like he's. He's capable. He played great last year. Mm-hmm. We'll see what he does this year. Yep. Maybe he comes out early, but he's a guy. Like, yeah, he could be. He could be a first-round, second-round yep. pick. Like Rashad He's Bateman. On the year too, so. I, I'm going to just say I think Chase Vinatieri gets either picked up by the Colts or the Patriots. There you go. That's that's my prediction. The, that's my prediction with Chase. Uh, whether he gets for the Sioux Falls Storm coming up next spring. Yeah, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll see about that. Uh, oh, finally, Parker Douglas. Yeah. Parker Douglas doesn't want the job. <laughs> Lastly, before I let you go, we say so long. Um, I assumed you probably watched The Last Dance, the first couple of episodes. Oh, I, watched the, I watched The Last Dance last night. Didn't did. watch it Sunday, I watched it Monday. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on it? It's great. It was two hours. It was like, felt like it was a half hour. It so quick. What, six, what, 6.3 million people watched this thing? Just amazing ratings for a documentary. I mean, just mm-hmm. blown everything out of the water that's been on. You know, it blows every game out of the water. That if games were going on, it, it, it would have beat everything. Every playoff game, whatever. Yep. A lot of people love it. A lot of people watched it. Um, so far, so good. Yeah, it's excellent, excellent, excellent. And I will say that I finished season one of... Uh, Ozark, and yes, the the big shock was that Del Rio got killed, right? Is that what the... the he killed, yeah. yeah. The, the wife's just... Yeah. Blasted nope. his head off. Nope. Nope. Now they're in a heck of a pickle. Would you believe that my mom watches this sh- uh, show, and she's watched all three seasons? Sure, sure. I mean, I, 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 I was astounded by that. I was astounded well, I by that. I assume she likes it because she's watched all of them already, so. Yeah. She, yep, she does. And uh, Tiger King were through four episodes. Carol Baskin absolutely killed it. The the drug lord is probably the best of the bunch so far. What's his name? Mario. Um, and you don't see him again. You don't see him again. I don't think. Yeah, he's no. On yeah, yep. But I think he's the best of the of them all. And um, Joe, you know, the I, I think I think jail for a dozen years on cocaine charges is the yeah. best. Like the best. Yeah, I think he's the best. Of, like in terms of these animal. People, uh, Doc Antle definitely is a cult leader, and uh, I think Joe Exotic had something to do with his alligators uh, burning alive. So, oh, and this, uh, this uh, now we're getting now we're getting into this investor that, that they're going to profile him. I think this guy's shady as heck. Um, yeah, he's an asshole. But but we'll what s- got two two episodes, three to go, two to three. Right? I, yeah, I think three. What is it? Seven episodes, right? Yep. So I think got three left then. Uh, so it's going good, and then there, there's a new episode. So we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about the draft uh, recap. We'll, we'll get some more recap from you on what your on your thoughts on the last dance. Anything else we Did need you to? Watch it? No, I didn't. Um, oh, for Christ! <laughs> you didn't watch the one thing everybody's been looking for. I was like, ah, maybe I could see Stack and I watch it. Yeah. Are you going to? I don't think so. No, it just doesn't. Jesus it just Christ. it just doesn't interest me a whole lot. The greatest uh, of all time. I, I know he's the greatest. The, 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 the story of the greatest. Yep. God damn. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> Jesus. But we'll talk about that. Maybe maybe I'll watch it. Maybe, but uh, 
What, uh, what, what the hell else are you gonna watch? Bar Rescue. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Oh, very good. All right. Uh, enjoy the draft. I know we'll talk Wednesday. I know we'll be talking throughout the weekend. But um, uh, stay safe, be well, stay away from COVID, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Yeah, we got a Google Hangout thing coming up tomorrow. Yep. Jack and Chris will be on that, so he'll return. It'll be five of us. And, uh, we'll see how that goes. It should be fine. Yep, it should. All right. Be safe, be well. We'll talk soon. Travis Crins joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Uh, always appreciate his time. Look at the, the draft. It's great. So the official uh, mock draft of the, the stack will be found in the stack at stackattack.sportsblog.com on Thursday. But this is, I think, what we'll stick with here. Um, maybe give Miami a running back at 26. But the big one, Jordan Love, 24 to New Orleans. That's the bold draft prediction of the year. And with that... Uh, enjoy the NFL Draft. You can find it on ESPN on NFL Network. ABC does their own little version of it. It's Friday through or Thursday through Saturday. There's nothing else on, folks. Get some joy out of this. The, the sports it brings hope for the football season uh, coming up here. Uh, be safe, stay healthy, be well, and enjoy the draft. So uh, Jeff Lloyd, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, was absolutely fantastic as he is every time he comes on with us, brings it every week. Travis was great. I hope I was great for you. Um, everything uh, with the mock draft. So for Jeff and Travis, I'm Nathan. You can find this podcast available on podcast.com. Uh, you can, oh, hello, Brophy. And uh, you can, uh, so you can find it on podcast.com. You can, uh, Follow me on Twitter at NDStack, and you can uh, friends with me on Facebook. We have the link posted there. Happy birthday to my wife, uh, Kelsey. I hope you have a great day in this COVID world that we live in. We'll celebrate somehow, some way. Um, but have a great day, hon. Thanks. Love you. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Hope you had a great uh, – hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. It's the best one of the best podcasts we do all year. Enjoy the draft, and we'll be back next week to recap it all. Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Talk to you next week on the Sports Block Podcast. Enjoy the NFL draft, everyone.